Chills in the night. It was cold, a moonless night. When Steve Hendon stepped from his train to the desert, deserted railway station, dark clouds scudded across the starless sky. Train gave one of its last moonful woos as lit in the night. Steve shivered, shivered despite his warm clothing. Somehow, for the last hours, while he's now been approaching Fendale, he had a strange feeling something wrong, something terrible or horrible about to happen. He couldn't shake this feeling off. It was, had, it, and it was odd that he should feel depressed or have such terribly disturbing thoughts. Fendale was his hometown. He'd been here, raised here. His childhood had been quite usual and happy. His father, a small grocer, his mother's happy and busy woman, or his childhood and funny manhood, young manhood, full of the usual play and fun. Then came a better job in a big city. Now, it had been twelve years since he visited Vendell, the term of his birth. Steve stepped from the station platform, carrying his bag, went down the side street, knowing exactly which shortcut to take to get him to his mother's house. This was a surprise visit. No one knew he was in town. Last dozen years, his folks and f- friends always come to the city to visit him, been busy with his career. Now at last he came home, and so have these strange feelings of dread and horror. Ah! Steve took a shiver and chill from the base of his spine. He kept walking through the dark streets. Turned down Pine Street, down into Spruce, and suddenly many memories came tumbling back into his mind, Tracing for a moment a strange feeling of fear retreated from within his brain. Pine and Spruce, he thought. That's where he used to play for baseball. Yes, that was the old lot. Big ball field, too. Now they must have. Now they must have built something because there's a big wall around it, an iron fence, and. Steve tried to see for the fence and tried to think what it might be over the wall. The night was too black. And there's no moon. Steve tucked his warm coat closer under his chin, came trudging on towards home. In its corner, flickering light almost lit up. What had once told been the old baseball field, Steve thought he was sort of shine with smooth marble walls. But light was too dim for real vision. Probably built an office and factory here, there, he thought. And Jim Gray and I used to have so much have much fun playing ball there walking along the wall and fence every memory of Jim Gray suddenly became sharp and clear in mind Jim Gray good old Jim their friend catch on a football team where he was a pitcher roommate at college he had been best man at Jim's wedding strange hadn't gotten a letter from him for Jim in last month Jim always wrote to him always written Joan Gray managed a small hotel in Vendell Jim Hendon promised himself he drop in on his mother and dad and call Jim on the phone. Maybe they could spend a little time together. Next day, we're living old memories. Jim had been such a good friend. Always would be his friend, John spoke, spoke aloud. Wish I could see Jim now. Maybe he could help him get rid of this strange feeling that tonight, yes. I wish I could see Jim. Then, stunning from the gloom along the wall, came a fifty for about fifty foot ahead. Dark figures seemed to come out of the shadows, rocked towards Steve. Strange that couldn't didn't see 
a man far, thought Steve. I guess I've been thinking so hard about Jim. I hadn't noticed things the last few seconds. Wonder who that chap is. Now he's coming toward me. Next ten seconds, Steve unspoken. Wondering was well answered. Man figured, came closer and closer. It was came. Steve recognised his walk like the man, the shape of his face. Why, there's only one man who looked like that and walked like that. Figure was just to walk past Steve. But Steve sh- shot out his hand and grabbed his clown's coat. Jim. Steve almost shouted in surprise. Glee. Jim, you answered my thoughts. I imagined meeting you. Walking here by the old ball field. Think about you, about the us. Jim, what's the matter with you? But Jim had, didn't seem to share Steve Hendon's surprise. Strange, because Jim had always been so quick and live and ready. Words, and now it's only Steve Hendon kept talking, talking, and plumping. Steve pumping Jay Gray's hand and shaking Jim Gray by the elbow. Why are you so quiet, Jim? Are you glad to see me? What are you doing out so late? Do you know it's past two o'clock? Got to get in on. I got to go, I got in the last train. How's the wife? The children. I speak up, man. Jim Gray for a moment seemed to want to. Pull away from Steve's handshake, almost encircling arm. Then Jim turned and fell into steep beside step beside Steve and two walked down the lightless street together from far ahead of them a single light lamp flared fitfully over them the dark clouds scurried a whining moan moaned at last Jim Gray spoke I'll walk with you you want me to mu- to so much they shouldn't be walking with you Jim Gray's voice was low and soft and seemed to come out from far away Steve Hendon could not just about hear him thought of you too, a lot too just Steve the good times you used to have, the good friends always were. Then you, then you came walking past the wall. Jim Gray's voice trailed away, whispered, then into silence. Again, the cold shivers, fear and horror annoyed Steve lately. That shiver came back and shook Steve's heart and soul. What, what was it? The Jim Gray I knew somebody think was wrong here. Something. Jim Gray soft voice began again. Steve, I see you. Don't know anything about what's happened here. In fact, during the last nine days, my last letter to you was written before that. And now here you come to Fendel, and you didn't even know what they did with old Bullfield years ago. Bullfield? Took a moan, seemed to close Jim Gray's throat. Again, Steve shivered. Steve looked at Jim, looked at him well as a poor lake would let him. Jim Gray seemed to be thin and pale. His face was almost bodiless, and now Jim remembered. So he remembered the stove stand had seen cold and icy being he greatly grasped it. So Jim concerned, shoving hurried words from on his lips. Jim, not ill? Don't look very well. You don't talk like yourself. Are you ill? Tell me. John Gray's pale face twisted slightly to his friendly smile and a sad smile. No, Steve, I'm not ill. It would be a lot better, Jim, for his trailed into an agonized whisper. Listen, Steve, I can't stay here. Got to go now. Before I go, I want you to give this to Martha, my wife Martha. I know you'll be going past there before I go. Much better before I do. Give her this ring. Tell her I want her to give, keep it. And to Steve Hinder's hand, Steve Gray pressed a shiny gold ring with a small diamond set on top of it. So he took the ring, Steve filling, and folks were all confused now. So he clutched the mirroring as Jim released it. Steve's mind was in utter confusion. 
He has a thousand questions, a thousand fears. Why did he want to take his ring, message ring to Martha? Why wasn't Jim going back to Martha? Why was Jim so sad? Why, why, why? Before John could speak again, Jim Gray whispered a sad and, sad and soft goodbye, Steve. As Jim Gray walked through an open gate, the brick wall had been walking alongside of. For Jim knew, Steve knew it. He was alone again. Steve didn't try to explain his faults or things, although he did try to guess what had perhaps Jim Gray walked to the office of a factory, whether it was behind the brick wall now circled the old field. Bullfield. Steve was confused, confused at once again. Day long, light, long feelings of horror and fear reared themselves in the mind and soul. Squeezing the gold ring Jim had given him, Steve made a quick decision, his step now faster. He struck across the open field. It's the way to another end of the town, way to see Gray's house. Some horrible dread forced Steve on faster and faster. He just had to get to Jim's house. Maybe Jim's wife, Martha, would explain why. He explain everything, everything but about this weird meeting with Jim. Within seven minutes, Steve Hendon was at Jim, Steve's, Jim's house. There was a light upstairs window in the bedroom. As Steve walked up to the porch steps, whatever was in my room must have heard him. Because at the hall, porch lights switched on, even though it was past two in the morning. He heard footsteps coming down the steps. Mother Grey herself opened the door to Steve. Steve should have realised the meaning of what he saw. His mouth was dressed in all black, dressed as a person dresses after death in the family. His mind stunned, his terrible thoughts still unproven. Steve Harrington held the gold and diamond ring to Martha Grey. Met Jim down an old ball field. Seemed to be so sad and disturbed. Didn't know what's wrong. He asked me to give you this. He asked me you, you to keep it forever. What does it mean, Martha? Here's a Martha's eye only widened. In terror, her mouth fell open in horror. Then she spoke. Spoke with a twisted moan and rose. A rose till it ended a shriek. You. You met Jim by the ball field? The Bullford had been a cemetery for the last four years. His town graveyard, Jim, was sick for three weeks. He died four days ago. He buried him there in a graveyard, a graveyard that used to be a bullfield. I myself put that ring on Jim's finger just before the auntie closed the coffin. Mother fell scentless on the floor. Her eyes rolled back white with horror. The gold ring fell from Steve's hands, and Steve Hendon knew the meaning of the word fear.